Okay, we are continuing the Maimar and uh, Parsha Shmois. We're up to the very top of page Nun. And we are discussing still this idea of the Shem Hagodom. Now, the translation of that phrase is the great name. More contextually, we should describe it as the infinite name. And the idea that our job of Yaakov and his family coming down into Mitzrayim is to bring this Shem Hagodol, this infinity of Hashem, even into a place of Mitzrayim. Now, we have a rule that in order for the infinite to be embedded within the finite, there needs to be this process called Tzimtzum. And the name of Hashem, again, we're working off that model, Hashem HaGadol, yud Bavke, represents the process of Tzimtzum. We begin with Yud, the smallest of the letters, which suggests that Hashem compresses himself into something that is measurable. And as we know that the letter Yud can be expanded upon, stretched to make a Vav, reconfigured to make an Aleph, a Yud above and a Yud below, and so forth. Then the next letter is hey, which has breadth and length and depth. And this is the method through which the infinite comes into the physical world. It has to first be this level of tzimtzum. <clears throat> and this is how it comes down first into the stage, as we mentioned in the previous page, of the Mitzrayim of Kedusha, which is the throat, which is constricted, and it represents the transmission from the intellect, from the brain, from the chachma, from the capacity to look up into the infinite expanse and imagine something outside of myself, primarily, of course, Hashem, through the holy characteristic of Mitzrayim, that constriction of the throat, down into the heart, the character, and so forth, in, as the Jews go into the land that is good and expanded upon and revealed. Now, regarding Mitzrayim, it uses a double expression that Yerad uh, Yeradnu, down we went down, which suggests that it's a continuous descent. There are various stages. One descent that is less evident godliness into a even less evident godliness and so forth. On the flip side, we have the same thing. With Yetzias Mitzrayim, when we leave, it says, I will take you up. Yes, I will take you up. Up, up we will go. Continuous um, ascent, at which point now we are ready to explain the idea of why the Jewish people went down into Mitzrayim, uh, as we begin with a marshal that um, it, in the letters through which we organize our thoughts and our, and our words, they both stem from the same source, from the light of Seichel. Because all of our midas chesed, that is, when we are generous, then when we are strict, and we are uh, punctual, rachmanis, they all come from our seichel. But machshava, what we think about, comes from our midas. That is, generally speaking, we only think about something because we have some attraction to it. But sometimes that machshava receives from the seichel, the seichel being the intellectual idea and the machshava being the concentrated, focused thought. Um, even if it has yet to express itself in the Midah. That is, generally speaking, we think about things that we like. But Seichel, the capacity to imagine, uh, dictates to our Seichel. But sometimes the two get uh, intertwined. As we, as we know, the difference between, for example, Kapeda, which is an intellectual experience where one holds a grudge because they consider themselves to have been wronged. It's more of the intellect. In contrast to Kas, which is the emotional characteristic of anger that comes from the heart. Similarly, the machshava is filled with it. That is, the person has some reason to be dis 
disdaining and distasteful, and thus they follow up on it. And so to buy all the midas of our seichel, it could be that the machshava, that is what we concentrate on and, and fixate on, um, receives from the seichel itself, not through the midas, not because I like it, not because it's something that's within my heart. Even if the manner, sometimes the, 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 the spoken matter, is also received from directly from the seichel. We speak of something academic, even if we have no innate interest to without our midas. This is mentioned earlier in a mimer that describes about Rosh and so forth. Certainly, the idea of machshava, there are times that the machshava gets from the midas. That is, I like something and therefore I think about it. And according to the nimshal, the lesson, this is the idea of Yaakov going down into Mitzrayim back in Pashas Vayigash. And from there, it continued to go down further and further, just as the pure academic manifests itself in Seichel. And from Seichel, sometimes to Machshav, and then all the way down into our character and ultimately into our behavior. It, continue, it goes in this continuous downspin, but it still is entangled, it is still knotted with that innate Seichel that is giving it its um, identity and its flair and so forth. Because, again, the person's thinking about whatever his seichel is dictating, or it is certainly commensurate with his seichel. And the same about what he speaks about. It is also going to be commensurate with his character. Like, for example, in this mushal, we understand the same idea, even though, of course, Hashem doesn't have a body, and we always have our rule that we are given permission to speak in human terms about Hashem. We understand that. As it, the pus, the, the, we got two psukim. One Pasuk says, how abundant are your deeds, Hashem? They are all made through Chachma, which again suggests that it's all about the characteristic of Chachma. That is the infinite expanse. Again, Chachma does not mean my intellect, my IQ, the number of pages of Torah study that I have accomplished and mastered and so on. It is the willingness to incorporate something completely outside of myself. So this Pasuk that says, Kulam, all of the worlds, all of the deeds of Hashem that are so abundant and are infinite, are made with Chachma. Uh, and it also says that through the word of Hashem, the heavens were made, that it comes through Dibor. Now, Dibor speech is, of course, a very constricted form of expression. As we know that Hashem, of course, created the world through the statements. Hashem said, let there be. So on the one hand, we're saying that it comes from Chachma, which is infinite. On the other hand, we're saying it comes through the medium of Dibor, which is, of course, very restricted and defined. And so what we are saying is exactly this idea, that the that which is hidden to us, that that which is not overwhelmingly obvious is what's in Hashem's machshava, so to speak. And it is there also that there is a conceptual idea of all of the statements through which the world was created. Um, these exist in the spiritual sense. That is, he or let there be light is not only about the light that's visible here in this world, it is also a light that is in a, a non-defined, a non-tangible, a non-humanly experienceable uh, format. It is in these hidden worlds. Um, that This is what creates the, the stars and the constellations and the malachim and the neshamas from level to level to level. They all come from this level of chachmah. But it's not a chachma, it's not that can be comprehended and described. And the illustration of this hamshacha is this quality that it manifests itself down here in the Yaakov uh, experience. That is, that it becomes invested within a thought. And then from that thought, it's able to be articulated. 
into very specific and constricting letters. This is the two levels of the going down into Mitzrayim, even of Kedusha, as we mentioned earlier, that it's continuous, ongoing uh, stages of descent and descent and descent. So the essential Chachma, that is the conceptual essence of it, before it's been manifest, just like a person might have an idea or an experience, and they want to share it with somebody else. So they have to think about it. They have to form an intellectual idea. Then they have to manifest it through spoken words. Then they have to communicate it. And as we've probably all had the experience, there is a lack of fidelity from the initial, essentially infinite thought down to the tangible expressed term. But this level is what we call the quality of Yisroel. Yisroel, as we know, the name that Yaakov was given, his sort of promoted name, is a combination. It's an anagram of the phrase li rush. It is of the head, just like in the head. And again, we're not talking about data or IQ, but the capacity to imagine something other than myself is where the neshama rests, like it says in Tanya. So too, this infinity of Hashem, that again, that's what we are uh, focused on, trying to bring that even into Mitzrayim, manifests itself, it connects with the uh, the level of Yisrael, Li Reish, the, this level of Chachma, but not a Chachma that's manifest in this world, but sort of the pristine Chachma, the Chachma in its, in its innate form. Like it says, we have been brought close to the king, to his great name. And then we draw it down into this physical world. That's Yaakov. As we know that Yaakov was named that because he was holding on to the Akev, the heel of his brother. Why then is his name Yaakov, not Akev? Because his objective is to take that Yud, which is the first stage of Tzimtzum, the first letter of Hashem's name, and drag even that down in a positive sense, that it should influence even down to the level of uh, Akeb, of the heel, of the least naturally sensitized aspect of our existence, down here into this physical world, it should be uh, uh, impacted by this Chachm like uh, the Pasuk that says that the earth is Hashem's footstool, it's this idea that we bring through the letters of Torah, that is through taking this essentially amorphous infinite concept, the Shemai HaGadol, and understanding it intellectually, and forming words in, in our intellect, and then manifesting those words through our speech, we are able to then bring it into Mitzray and bring it down here into this physical world. And this is the idea that Yaakov is known as the this is a, a, a metaphor that in the Mishkan, you had all of the beams and they were all lined up. How did they get attached to each other? So they had clasps on the top and on the bottom. And they also had a rod that ran through the middle. So this is a phrase that of the this rod that ran from beam number one to beam last straight through the middle represents this quality of Yaakov that runs through everything. It runs through it from, t- from beginning to end, which is the idea that we, that when the Yidden first come down to Mitzrayim, in Parshish Vayigash, that it says, these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Mitzrayim, Yaakov and his sons, that they came from Eretz Yisrael, they came from the infinite, and they came down into the Mitzar, into the limitation of this physical world. And here it also says the B'nai Yisrael, Yaakov, because Yaakov is part of the B'nai Yisrael, because even the Yaakov level, which represents the heel, the naturally least 
sensitized aspect of our existence and our relationship with Hashem should be receptive to this uh, innate, this sort of pristine level of Chachm, which is the quality of Yisroel, the Li Roish, and it should be brought down into this physical world. This ends the first column on the on Dafnun. Now we go on to the next column, and we're ready to answer the, uh, the, the basic question that we have, or we have now answered the basic question, or the first question. In Parshas Vayigash, where it talks about the original descent into this world, into Mitzrayim, it's talking about going from the, uh, the, the level of Eretz Yisrael down into Mitzrayim, and so it lists out all of the Bnei Yisrael. Why then in Shmois, the, the Alter Rebbe asked in the beginning of the Maimur, did it have to repeat the names of all the Jews going down into Mitzrayim, because, and including Yaakov as one of the Bnei Yisrael, which is sort of a tautology. He is Yisrael. How can he be one of the Bnei Yisrael? But we now understand that what we are emphasizing is that when he came into Mitzrayim, he brought the level of Yisrael, the Li Rosh, this Chachm Ilah, this infinite quality of Chachma down into the physical world, into the capacity called Yaakov, which is, again, bringing the highest level, Yud, into the most uh, tangible level, the level of the Akim. So now the next paragraph begins on the left column. Now in Gullus, we say that our signs or miracles we cannot see. The idea of signs is that nature has changed. That's what a miracle is. Just like Hashem told Moshe to strike the water, the Nile, and turn it into blood. That this, how does this occur? Again, what is the concept of the miracle? We bring a level of godliness that is ordinarily hidden from this world into this world. This is the quality of Chachmila being brought into this physical world. Uh, that is the Shem Havaya, the Shem Hagadol, like we talked about before. This infinite level radiates down into this physical world, and therefore the world is shaken out of its routine. And as a result, Haro, we can understand when he says, I don't know this idea of Shem Havaya, this idea of an infinite God. I only know Shem Elokim, just as Paro said, I have gods, you have gods, we'll fight it out. And our counter, which is that Hashem is infinite, is what Paro couldn't understand, this idea uh, of, of infinity. And that, that's why Paro relied on nature, because Paro only understood a God that creates nature. And he could not imagine, and that's why the, the way to get Paro off of his stubbornness was through the shaking up of nature. But what happens when this level of godliness, this this innate pristine level of amazement, of infinity of Hashem, it starts to change the world. It changes the waters. It turns them uh, away from their natural states from whence they've been created way back in, uh, in, in, the, in the six days of creation. So it starts to change water to blood. Just like we see that a person's seichel starts to change their whole character. We learn a new concept that we become receptive to, not just more information, but a completely transformed characteristic. And now we become a different person. This is why the staff, that we have a tradition that came from the tree of life, then became a snake. And from the snake down here, that is this change from the hidden to the reveal, that is the godliness transforms it. And the same idea happens that it turns back into a snake. Similarly, Moshe Rabbeinu puts his hand at, the, at Har Sinai when he asks Hashem, uh, I'm sorry, at the burning bush, at the snap, when he asks Hashem for evidence 
Hashem says, put your hand inside your robe. And when he takes it out, it's white like leprosy, like tzaras. But then it's able to be returned and come back to healthy. Why? Because when we introduce this level from of infinity, so what was there all along that is this level of godliness that has been hidden becomes evident. And then it can go both to from the stick to the snake, back to the snake, to the stick, from healthy to saras, uh, white as, as the spiritual leprosy, and then return back to its healthiness. And this is specifically through the quality of Moshe. He brings this quality of infinity into the world of Parah. And this is true of Moshe himself. He was drawn from the water. Again, reveal. The water conceals. Moshe was named that because he was drawn from the water. That's why we say our signs we don't see, the signs that are for the Jewish people. We don't live innately of this world. We are not of this world. We were all of Machshava. We were first of God's world. Because in Gullis, you have a concealment until the world starts to seem like it's dominant, it's the authority, and we don't see our role. We don't see our identity. We make the mistake of thinking we are of this world. The next paragraph begins that we now understand the second telling in Parsha Shmois when it says that these are the names of the, of the children of Israel came to Mitzrayim. Yaakov, who was the level of Yisrael, again, this level of Lirish, came down and was mitzamtim, was compressed into this level of Yaakov, that he came down into this world of only what we can see, that godliness is compressed. But now there's a whole other level a level that allows us to look at our own human experience and see that as a springboard to understand the godly experience. And just as we have the capacity to express ourselves through our voice, through using the breath of our air, but we derive it and we guide it and we mold it and meld it into forms of expression, we have the letters that are, that are, are, are pronounced and sounded out from the mouth, Aleph, Ches, He, Ayin, those that come from the throat, and so on. And this is the idea that Moshe was of heavy mouth and heavy tongue, his speech impediment. Why? Because since Moshe is innately this quality called Chachma, this infinite quality, so just like a great scholar, someone has so many ideas going on in his head that he can't compress them in, and therefore they come out jumbled, no different than just like, ah, that is, they're stumbling to, find how to compress this infinite concept into precise words. This is what led Moshe to having this idea as well. Like Hashem said to Moshe, you will be taparo like a god. That is, you have this infinity that you're trying to compress into something finite. And that's where the disconnect came between Moshe and Paro. That it's to, to be able to communicate the in, in defined terms that which is innately infinite and um, essentially detached from the physical world, but it should become expressed in the physical world. Like it says, Yaakov will no longer be your name, but just Yisrael. That is the level of Chachma that is uh, invested in the character and then into the words cannot be called Yaakov. It, it's got to be called Yisrael. And this is what it means, that you will then go and take every single one and that's the description that Mashiach will rescue each individual person, will be able to put this infinite down into square pegs and square holes. This is what's then described when it starts to talk about the offspring, 
Ruvain and Shimon, who represent the capacity to see godliness. That's why he was named Ruvain, the capacity to hear godliness, the audible experience of godliness. That's why he was called Shimon. They now became evident. We now said, oh, now we can see godliness. Now we can see, hear godliness. Then came Levi. Levi means to escort, which is the idea that Hashem is always with us. The idea of Ashtacha Pratis, that Hashem is uh, escorting us. Hashem is always with us and seeing all that we are doing. Not like those who deny it and say, Hashem can't see me, and so on. So when Torah repeats that Yaakov came down, that is bringing this infinite concept down into the physical world, and then it starts to enumerate all of the sons, each one, a different illustration of the awareness of Hashem that can be brought even into Mitzrayim, that never forfeits its innate connection with Hashem, not by minimizing and compromising their godliness, but, but being able to achieve this from the top, top to the bottom, bottom. And that's why it says these are their names. And even in the trine, they were able to draw down the loftiest aspects of godliness, the names of godliness, each one, male, female, bringing together all of these characteristics. We don't see it. We see them as enslaved. We see them as imprisoned in Mitzrayim. And Torah is attesting to us that it is brought down here in this world. Now, this Giloy, this revelation that we should be able to appreciate, this is the bottom paragraph now on page Nun, is through there initially being a helm, this concealment, that is the Yud of Hashem's name is so contracted that you can barely see it. And then it starts to get spread out like the letter A that follows it in Hashem's name, which has length and breadth and depth. This is the way the world was created. First it was dark, and then it was light. It was evening, and then it was morning. This is the idea of the gullus of Mitzrayim that was necessary, the, as we spoke about in the previous page, that the darkness of Mitzrayim was a necessary preparation for the revelation of Matan Torah to us and to our children, that God spoke to us face to face. But for that Matan Torah that we got, it was sufficient for their, quote, only to have been 210 years of exile. But for the uh, Hisgalus, for the evidence of godliness that we are going to see with Mashiach, the Panemius HaTorah, the Matan Torah of Panemius HaTorah, when we will see God eye to eye, and the glory of God will reveal for all flesh to see, that's why this Dalis is so long and so dark. Like it says by Avram, that he woke up early in the morning to go do Akedas Yitzchak, that it had to be after the darkness of the night that he could wake up in the morning. The revelation of light always has to follow the darkness. And that, that darkness of 210 years in Mitzrayim led to Matan Torah. And the darkness that we are experiencing will lead to the giloi of uh, Pnimis HaTorah with Mashiach. But Avram didn't have that because he didn't have Matan Torah. We now moved on to the next page. Um, <clears throat> that at, 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 uh, In Avram's experience prior to Matan Torah, he only had uh, shame of Havaya, but in the times of Mashiach, it says, Bahaya Havaya Lila Lakim. Havaya, what we think of now as Havaya, this infinite, or what we consider infinite, we will then consider to be sort of natural and routine because, again, of the revelation of the Shmei Havaya. Like we say in the Yud Gibbamidas Harachamin, 
when Moshe Rabbeinu describes Hashem's stages of compassion, he says, Hashem, Hashem. It repeats Hashem's name. And yet there is a trap pause between those two, suggesting that the first level is on the level of Hashem that is beyond any procedural understanding. And from there, there will be a revelation. But that requires the lengthy time of Gullus in order that there be the great reward. Uh, it's a Lefum Agra kind of uh, experience. The, the degree of the difficulty leads to the degree of the revelation. And this is why we say, base Yaakov, the household of Yaakov, come and celebrate in the light of the Havai. That is, even the Yaakov level, which again ordinarily represents the less sensitized aspects of godliness, will bask in the glory and the light of Hashem, in the light that radiates in the shame of Hashem. Like it says in the Ibn Rabbah, that this is the idea that Shema Yisroel Hashem Alekeinu. But Baruch Shem, which is to bring the name into this world, that comes from Yaakov. These are the two different perspectives. The perspective of the higher level of Yichud, which is Hashem Alekeinu, is only Hashem, the lower level of Yichud, that the world exists, and Hashem's glory is incorporated in the world. That ends this stuff. We're on the top of Daphne Nulim Bey's, called page 100 here. And <clears throat> we continue with the description that when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that I did not make my name known to Avram Avinu because Avram was quiet to Matan Teira, and this is what Matan Teira accomplished. However, lost in love, there's going to be something even greater, that the name of Avaya will be called Elohim, based on the Pasek, that the name that now we consider to be unattainable and infinite, Havaya, will become our ordinary, will become Elohim. There will be such a level of a revelation that, again, this that we now consider to be unattainable, this Havaya level will become an Elohim level. And this is what it means that the infinite name of Hashem, Shmei HaGadol, literally translated as great, uh, just like we know by the Yudim Yudim it says, when Moshe Rabbeinu was campaigning for Hashem to forgive the Jewish people for the Egel Azov, he said, Hashem, Hashem, but there is a pause in between in the truck, the way it's read in the Torah, to suggest that there's two levels. There's a level of Havaya that is completely outside of this world. And then there's a level that will ultimately be revealed. The first level takes a long, long time through the, the difficulties of Gullus. And that second time, it will be, as the Pasuk says, this great light for the house of Jacob, for Beis Yaakov, that will come and it will celebrate in the light of Hashem. Like it says in the Idr Rabbah, and this is why Shema Yisroel is Havaya, is Yisrael, because it's that higher level, and Baruch Shein is the level of Yaakov, which is the, quote, lower level, or Yehuda Tatas, explained. This is now the next paragraph in the long right-hand column on the right-hand side, that there is a question, since Yaakov's going down into Mitzrayim, is simply the way in which this Chachmila, this loftiest level of Chachma, this most infinite level, is manifest in this physical world. So why are we calling this Gullus? And this is the process. This is the way it goes. It goes from the infinite down to the finite, and it goes via the 10 statements which Hashem created the world. And if this is the order of creation, why are we calling this Gullus and Shibu? This is the way it works. However, as it's explained, the Pasuk says, I am asleep. That Gullus is comparable to sleep, that just like when a person is asleep, his eyes are closed and he doesn't see, so too in Gullus, our signs we do not see. Meaning our signs, the oisiyos, which can be translated as signs or more precisely as the letters, referring to the letters of Torah and Tfilin. 
which are a manner in which we draw down godliness from a level that is beyond this world, that fills this world. But in Golis, you don't see it. There is, there is not this uh, revelation of this infinite light to our eyes. They are rather hidden. However, as the Pastor continues, although I am asleep, my heart is awake because up above, by Hashem, there is the revelation of this light. In the times of the Beis Migdash, the Shechina that was evident down here in this physical world, fire would come down to consume the Karbanas. In the times of Galus, the godliness is concealed. Now we understand why the Pasuk summarizes by saying, Haboy Mitzrayim, they come to Mitzrayim, that it invests the names in this physical hidden world in a manner that is concealed. And that's why it's referred to as a sleep because it is not evident or visible to us. But above, it is that our hearts are, in fact, awake. Although it appears as if the world is just going according to its natural process, we know that it is actually being directed by us. The next paragraph continues, and it says that, in addition, we can certainly say that if there would be this revelation from this Chachmi law, this infinite level of Chachmi, not about data, it's not about how much more information, more Dafim of Torah that we've it's rather about the awareness of the infinity of Hashem, or at least a pursuit of that. Then the world would not conceal. It would, our eyes would not be, be, be concealed. As we see in the, um, the, the sparks of Geula that Moshe Rabbeinu brought to us from, by injecting this Chachmi law into this physical world, and thus changing it. So he went to Paro, and Paro said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this concept of infinite. And then Moshe Rabbeinu changed the nature of the world by turning the water into blood, etc. So we started to see that the world is not the dominant force. It is rather submissive to the direction of Hashem, like the story of Rav Hanina ben Doisa, that Hashem said that oil should light, but it's only said. It's not an absolute rock-solid law because Hashem can override it. And therefore he can say that, that vinegar should burn. This is that revelation of Chachm Ilah. That is called this quality of Yisrael. Whereas in Gullis, there isn't any kind of such revelation that we can call Yisrael this level of Lirosh. It is simply that it is manifest through little tiny uh, flickers that make its way down here through those occasional glimpses that it breaks through the divider between what is hidden and what is evident. And this is that quality of Yaakov. From there, it radiates in the world to give it existence and sustenance from nothing into something. And therefore, the worlds, they combat it, and they uh, deny it, as Paro did. And that's why we do not see these oiseas. That's what it means. Even though it is there, there's the same Hashem's guiding hand at every moment. It's just that we cannot see it. They're all considered only as miracles that we do not see. And this is like we say in the, the Pasuk and Tillim, that he does wonders, the greatness of which are exclusively to him. Only Hashem knows how great they truly are. Like the common phrase that the person to whom the miracle occurs is unaware of the miracle. Why? Because the world conceals it. You know, the, I got better on my own. And the reason for this being is because we are now at the level of Yaakov, and not the level of Yisrael that is receptive to and sensitive to this Chachmi Ilah. An example of this being like a concept of Seichel, that a person can accumulate a lot of information and a lot of data. Um, but they're not able to make a lateral application of it, like a person who knows numerous laws in, in halacha, and they know what to, makes an animal kosher or not kosher. But since they don't fully grasp the essence of the idea, they only grasp the information, 
So they have a narrow level of that chachma. They have a lot of data, but they don't have the capacity to make uh, an analogy and a reorientation so that if the situation is not exactly the way it's played out for them, they don't have that capacity to understand. When a person understands, and they truly grasp the idea and they understand it and master it entirely. <clears throat> so now not only do they can they recite the laws, but they can make this sort of lateral application. And this is what we say, we recognize it from Kaddish, may the great name, infinite name, be blessed that is extended into all the hidden worlds, all those situations that tend to conceal it. Our objective is to make it evident there. That is, our request is that Hashem's Shmei Hagadol, that great name, Heishmei Rabbah, should be should 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 uh, be stripped down of all that conceals it, all those almay omayomayo, all of those different worlds. And the root of this is two concepts, which the Alter Rebbe introduces in this final paragraph of this mish of this uh, minor. an idea called Yisrael Saba, the ancient Yisrael, and an idea called Yisrael Zuta, the small Yisrael, because Yisrael again is the concept of the intellect, Lirosh, the level of Chachma. But the atzmas of Chachma is an unknowable. It's not about information. And you cannot grasp it. Uh, and it's true even if Hashem had not created the world, meaning Chachma, that we can appreciate the brilliance of creation and the glory of uh, the functionality of nature is all from creation. But it's still limited to our capacity to understand and recognize. The essence of Hashem's identity is independent of creation. That's this. What we get is the netzachoy yisoy, the dispatch. Remember the structure of the spheres. We have essentially three lines: the three of the intellect. Beneath that are the three of the character, chesed, gur, and tiferes, and then three of the manifestation of that character. So netzach is chesed in action, hoid <clears throat> is gvur in action, and so on. So those are what we call lower midas. That is, they relate only to the the concept of creation. And this is the idea that uh, 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 develops the thought so that it is able to be manifest. It is pedestrian in the sense that it is uh, validated through its expression in the physical world, which suggests somewhat of a limitation. And this is discussed, and it, uh, and it is called this level of Yisrael Saba, the, the senior, that is, the Yidin coming to Mitzrayim, that is a drawing down from a Chachma, which is called Yisrael Saba Yisrael, the sort of the old elder, it is, they have concepts. They have these concepts. They bring down, just even at the Pshat level, they bring down the concepts of Kedusha into Mitzrayim. And therefore, Yaakov, who is the obedience, he is more that concept of the tangible, that which is manifest and we can appreciate. It is the offspring. This is the Netzachoyed and Yesoyed. This is when we're starting to prep it for being pragmatic, a conceptual philosophy down into a tangible. And this is what it t- talks about when it says in, in Parshas Vayigash and in Shmois that Yaakov and his sons, Yaakov himself is included in the sons of Israel, of, uh, of Yisrael, because we're talking about taking this loftiest sort of abstract level, not t- tethered to any pragma- pragmatism, and bringing it down into the Yaakov level, and thus Yaakov can be described as included in the B'nai, the offspring of Yisrael. And this is that initial descent into Mitzrayim. That is, the, le- the concepts of Machshava should be able to come from Eretz Yisrael down into Mitzrayim, just as the Yidin literally came down into Mitzrayim, to bring it down into this 
limited level. What's then the second stage? That it's not only that you bring it down, that these are your thoughts. You now start to speak about it. That is, even in the trine, they can start to speak about um, the, the, uh, the, the concepts of Kedusha. And this is why it repeats in Parsha Shmois the second time that the Yidnu came down, because we're speaking here about their capacity to bring it into a more tangible, this is called the Yisrael Zuta, the sort of smaller or more tangible level. So the first level is the abstract conceptual that they bring into Mitzrayim. The second level is the more tangible, the more pragmatic described as Dibur, like you start to speak about it. And as we know, when we start to speak, we have to put a limitation on our intellect. But when the moichen is invested within it in the liroish, because there is, of course, a great difference between the way in which moichen, and again, moichen is not just about genius, but it's about the capacity to be aligned with the infinite. And it orchestrates and shapes and matures the midas in contrast to just the natural midas. Like we see down here, natural midas are childish midas. They become upset by minor matters. <clears throat> and that, uh, uh, whereas when our midas, are developed by our intellect, beginning with our capacity to, to connect ourselves with the infinite, we are able to mature those midos so we do not become upset from such minor things. We can't just be easily angered, etc. And that's what we call the Aparachamon, which is the Av, the concept of intellect, the concept of infinite awareness, like the infinite contribution of the father, the development of the child, that that manifests and, be, and, and shapes the Rahman is the character. And therefore, the Moichen radiate down here in this world are called Yisrael. But nevertheless, they're still called the, the minimized Yisrael. That is, even though it's Midas, it's, it's character, it's still being orchestrated by the intellect. But it is a, a, a more tangibly driven intellect, and therefore it's more, more limited. It's only drawing down the Moichen into the Midas. But Yisrael Saba is the sort of essential Midas in and of themselves. Now, from this, we manifest itself into the uh, spoken word. Just like the, the um, spoken word receives, what it is, is driven by Armidas. And uh, Armidas are centered in the heart. And now we understand why it repeats it. And it says, these are the names of the Yidin. And again, it tells us the same information we had. But it's talking about a second level, when it's now brought down, not only in the concept, like it was initially, but it's brought down in the spoken word. And that's why uh, Yaakov is not called part of B'nai Yisrael, because Yaakov is only this sort of back. It's a shallow level. It's not the offspring of Yisrael Zuka, but it's more like a brother. It's closer to that more pragmatic, oriented level of uh, Yisrael. And this is what it says that the Yidin who came into Mitzrayim, Yaakov, that the Dibor, this spoken word, that, that is a more tangible illustration of these infinite ideas, but by definition, it therefore is going to become more restrained, receives from this level called Yisrael Zutta and also from the level of Yah. That completes the first mind. On the bottom left-hand column, uh, uh, paragraph, here on Daf Nunamid Beis, we begin a new mind. We begin with the quote that reads in Hebrew, The voice of my beloved, behold, it skips over mountains and it leaps over mounds. So this uh, skipping of the kets, that is, from instead of it being uh, 400 years to down to 210 years, and why the Geula Baruchnius is what is described as, He is rescued from my right heart. 
And it says the tzaddik and the noisha. So we first have to understand what, in fact, is the idea behind Gullus. So we talk about that we go down in order to go up. I will go down with you into Mitzrayim, and I will take you up. Yes, I will take you up. And it says, it will be to you as a sign that I have sent you to take the Yidden out of Mitzrayim, and they will serve Hashem on this mountain. This is how Moshe, Hashem describes to Moshe Rabbeinu on Harsinai, what's going to happen in Mount Torah. There will be this revelation of godliness in a manner that will be comparable to seeing a person face to face. So to understand this Pasek that says, Anoichi, I myself will go down into Mitzrayim. This doesn't seem to make sense. How is it this Shayat? Only a person who is not somewhere, and now he goes somewhere else. But Hashem is everywhere. What do you mean I'm going to go into Mitzrayim? Which would seem to suggest he's not in Mitzrayim. But of course, Hashem is everywhere. This concludes the this page. Thank you.